Your brain might just help you learn something in more ways than one. Welcome to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Dr. Bell is a licensed marriage and family therapist. He'll be your guide on this crazy exploration designed to bring life back into our existence. Can you become the element of change in an ever-changing world? Possibly, but you've got to listen on to find out. Now, here is the host of Absurd Psychology, Dr. Gary Bell. Welcome, everybody. All right, tonight, uh, today we're talking about emotional abuse. And, you know, all of us, in some way, have either witnessed, been a part of, or been around emotional abuse. It's pretty amazing how much this is pervasive in our lives, especially as children, especially in marriage, especially in relationships. Uh, It's something that all of us have to develop boundaries around and have to understand, uh, you know, how to basically cope with it. But many people don't even understand what emotional abuse is. And so what we're going to do is talk about that in order to become more constructive and deal with it in a much healthier way as it enters into our life from other people and from ourselves. Uh, you know, it's it's a pattern, emotional abuse, of behavior which the perpetrator basically insults, humiliates, and generally instills fear in a person in order to control them. And that person's reality may become distorted as they in- internalize the abuse as their own uh, failings. And so basically they become convinced by the repeated pattern of abuse that they are what they're being represented to be. And so, you know, an isolated occurrence doesn't necessarily qualify as an emotional abuse, but a pattern of behavior that creates fear and control does. And and that mistreatment can basically occur in in a whole range of interpersonal uh, uh, situations, including a a parental relationship, a romantic relationship, and even a professional relationship. And people who suffer emotional abuse really, truly can experience short-term difficulties like confusion and fear, difficulty concentrating, low confidence, nightmares, aches, racing heart, somatic pains in their body. You know, long-term repercussions may include anxiety, anxiety, insomnia, social withdrawal, maybe even PTSD, you know, and and basically emotional abuse will center around the the desire to control and manipulate and isolate and demean or threatening behavior. And and so we have to look at what some of the signs are. And so in general, I'm just going to cover a broad spectrum of what the signs are. So monitoring and controlling a person's behavior, such as who they spend time with or how they spend money is a big, big, big sign of emotional abuse. Also threatening a person's safety, their property or loved ones, isolating a person from family and friends and acquaintances. Does this sound familiar in some of some of your marriages and some of your friendships? You know, uh, demeaning, shaming, humiliating a person, especially if that person is susceptible to those things already. Extreme jealousy, accusations, and paranoia. That's another form of abuse, you know, delivering constant criticism or regular ridicule or teasing. This is another and, and, and also making acceptance or care conditional on a person's choices. Uh, you know, uh, uh, so basically what you do is you limit that person's ability to choose based on guilt and shame. You also refuse to allow a person to spend time alone. That is another form of emotional abuse. Also thwarting a person's professional or personal goals so they don't even know who they are anymore. 
is another form. Instilling self-doubt or worthlessness, but the big one is called gaslighting, and that's making a person question their competence and even their basic perceptual experiences. Why do people do this? They do it because they are insecure in their own life. They don't know who they are, and they would much rather project their own fears, their own issues, their own mistrust of themselves on to you. And that's where this comes from. You know, sometimes emotional abuse doesn't involve overt threats, you know, obvious threats or vigilant monitoring. More subtle signals of emotional, of emotional abuse may be occurring in an important relationship, including regularly judging a person's perspective without trying to understand it, relying on blame rather than improvement, regarding the person as inferior, frequent sarcasm, which is a basically a form of passive-aggressive behavior, and then, and then you've got telling the other person how to feel in an attempt to be helpful or telling them that their feelings aren't correct or they shouldn't feel that way. A person isn't always entitled to feel any way that they need to feel. Your job is to validate feelings, not to correct them, not to subtract them and say, my feelings are more important than yours. So many of these people in this world will take a person's pain and then they will take it in and magnify it into themselves and take that person's pain away from them to say, it's my pain now. I'm the victim. You know, it's really sad the amount of manipulation that happens in our inner communication, especially with people we love. Also, perpetrators of emotional abuse criticize, shame, humiliate in order to gain control and power in a relationship. These are bullies, folks. And here's the interesting thing about a bully. A bully is like a dog chewing on a squeaky toy. And if that dog chews on that squeaky toy, all of a sudden it feels powerful because that toy is squeaking. And it's showing you how powerful it is. But as soon as that squeaky is gone, that toy ends up in the corner, and that's because it's not giving the emotional response that the bully wants. So if you want to be wise, you don't give emotional abusers ammunition. You back away, stay in silence, don't respond to them, and then they have to move on to another ty ty uh, target to make themselves feel powerful. You know, uh, they also may gaslight or be jealous or possessive, or monitor a person's whereabouts and communication by checking their phone. You know, they also gaslight in order uh, to, to, for the person to believe that their unhappiness is their own fault. And they often seek to isolate their victim from friends and family to prevent the person from getting a, a reality check or a broader perspective. You know, uh, uh, gaslighting constitutes a form of emotional abuse, and by manipulating the victim to doubt their own sense of reality, continually saying things like, that's not how it happened, you're crazy, this is the way it is. You know, they always have to be right. The gaslighter always has to be right, and they cannot take any accountability for anything that they've ever done wrong. They assert control over the relationship. They lead the victim to rely on the perpetrator for a sense of reality, which is called codependency. And gaslighting can instill confusion, self-doubt, anxiety, and depression. That person will lose their identity to the fact that their now identity is being established by the gaslighter. Abusers deny their harmful patterns, always of behavior and blame the victims for everything. They tend to be possessive, 
They're always hypersensitive, so you're walking on eggshells around them. They have a strong need for control, which motivates them to wield power in the relationship. And also these abusive tendencies may stem from deep, 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 deep insecurities or a mental health condition such as a uh, antisocial personality, a narcissistic personality, a paranoid personality, you know. A psychological abuse can sometimes be damaging and even more damaging than physical violence. You know, physical abuse is occasional and, and, and cyclical and emotional abuse is like this constant hum of, of and, it, and it has this sense of the, the, the violence tends to be perceived as the offender's uh, failing, whereas victims are more likely to internalize emotional abuse as their own personal feelings. And so now life is about manipulating yourself around conflict with the abuser rather than creating the possibilities of creating a life for yourself. And unfortunately, narcissists, people that are emotional abusers, have a tendency to look for codependent people. There's also a lot of research that suggests that over 50% of adults may experience emotional abuse in their lifetime, although the concept is difficult to reliably measure, but emotional abuse is designated as an advanced childhood, an adverse childhood experience or one experience that 11% of children, according to the Centers of Disease Control and Prevention, experience. So leaving an abusive relationship is challenging but completely possible. However, the idea is you want to seek some kind of mental health to recover from what you have been abused. You know, victims come to recognize that reasoning with an abuser is never effective and that the individual will probably never change. And to begin to heal, you know, it, it, living, leaving an emotionally abusive relationship means seek support to a social circle or a therapist where people are healthy, healthier than you, emotionally more healthy than you are, so that you can learn to see what healthy looks like. That's an important part. Also, childhood verbal abuse can include constant criticism, put-downs, rejection. Parents may also stop the child from expressing anger or sadness as if they're not entitled to their own feelings. And then they, they stifle their range of emotions. The brain also uh, it inflates the, the prominence of negative experiences compared to positive experiences because the poor child has to navigate around this negative critical parent. And that renders parental abuse that is deeply ingrained and affects their developmental growth for the rest of their life. It shapes how they think. And parents have to become very, very, very aware of how they interact with their children. It is important to understand that respect and listening is much more important than abuse and boundaries and limitations. You know, we have to help these kids process how to become adults. That's the job, not control them into being something that you want for your own convenience. You know, survivors of emotional abuse or domestic violence often remain tethered to the relationship longer than outsiders can understand. There's many reasons why leaving is difficult. For one, you may be married and have children, and those children you don't want to be susceptible to that other person, even 50% of the time or even 20% of the time. There also, there's no sense of self-worth or self-identity. Well, if I leave them, where will I go? Who will I be? What will I do? Can I trust myself? Do I know how to survive? Because emotional abusers want you to be codependent 
dependent on them. And that could also include uh, uh, financial uh, uh, abuse. And also, it's very important if a person is seeing that a person is being emotionally abused for them to identify it for that person and give them some information to understand what emotional abuse really is and what could be done about it. It's important for them to have a safety plan, for them to leave and separate and find a way where they're not going to be hunted down by the emotional abuser. You know, turbulent childhoods can produce substantial challenges and yield a lot of great things, a lot of terrible things like anxiety and depression, poverty, abuse, neglect. Uh, 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 emotional abuse, physical abuse, financial abuse, all kinds of abuse can take place with the person who is used to that. If they spent their whole life in their childhood watching this stuff and being a part of this stuff and being the victim of this stuff, that becomes home to them. So when they go to another partner, they know what they're, you know, the devil you know is better than the devil you don't know. So they tend to trust the idea that an emotional abuser might be safer because they kind of know what, how they work already. You know, it's just important to understand that healthy has to be a part of our lives. We live such a short life and we are blessed. And the whole thing is we have to understand that the people that are emotional abusers oftentimes were neglected as children. Many times they were abused as children. They learned this pattern in their childhood and then they manifested in their own life. You know, the, the, to understand emotional abuse, we need to understand the difference between emotional abuse and normal conflict. Now, conflict is a normal part of any relationship and is a healthy way for two people to express emotions, identify an issue, have a chance to talk through whatever issues bother them. So here's adult conflict. You know, I'm very upset because you forgot to wash the dishes and I had to go wash the dishes, but then I had 10 other things that I had to do and I I just feel like you don't think about me sometimes. That's adult conflict. It's not a lot of tone. It's not a lot of verbosity. It's not a lot of body language. It's learning to speak to your emotions, speak to how it affects you, and speak to how you feel. That's it. That's all you have to do. It's not a big deal, but people turn it into a Broadway production and then oftentimes an opera because they get defensive and they stop listening to each other. Emotional abuse involves non-physical behavior that belittles another person and includes insults, put-downs, verbal threats, other tactics that make the victim feel threatened, like inferior, being ashamed, being degraded, being less than. That's a good sign right there to tell you that emotional abuse is happening. You know, have you ever experienced feeling of having a knot in your stomach when dealing with someone or just felt that something in your relationship was off? When one party feels scared, confused, like nothing they do will ever be right, this may be an indication and a sign that you are being emotionally abused or you are emotionally abusing. Emotional abuse is a behavior from another person that makes you consistently feel badly about yourself, like you, you just can't be yourself. Emotional abuse is not limited to a romantic partner, but can be perpetrated by a family member, a friend, by a coworker. It also can make you feel guilty, ashamed, silenced, violated, uncomfortable with many other things. It also can be harder to identify since no one else can necessarily see its effects like they can't like a cut or a bruise or a scar. However, 
you have to understand that when you're receiving emotional abuse, there's also a rage inside you that has to be dealt with. And that rage is about fear and disrespect. Those are the two main roots that lead us to rage. Those are the roots that lead us to irritability, to anger, then on to rage. If we identify what those things are, if they come from abusive behaviors, that tells us we are in an abusive relationship. Yes, counseling may help you. Do it sooner than later. You know, abusive behavior is often motivated but as by a desire of power and control, but 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 why that needs to exist really varies based on the people. You know, maybe they hurt you, the person who hurt you didn't feel like they were doing it on purpose. Maybe it's a pattern that they learned from their childhood. Maybe if they understand what's going on and how it's affecting you and why they're doing this and why they're coming across this way would be helpful for them to understand how to come to grips with it and to stop it. I don't think anybody wants to grow up into their life and expect themselves to be an emotional abuser. Nobody wants that albatross around their neck. You know, people are – if you're looking for signs, if they're hypercritical or judgmental towards you, that's a really strong sign. It's human nature to critique or judge, but it's emotionally abusive. Someone takes it to the next level, and, and they put you down in front of others. They may humiliate you or embarrass you. They use sarcasm or teasing or jokes to make you feel bad about yourself and then excuse themselves. That was just a joke. I was just kidding. You know, th that's the kind of crap they do. And having an opinion about a lot of what you say or do or think. Now, you know, God forbid that you actually do research and figure out what you're talking about. You know, they'll still discount it as an opinion. They will put you down in that way. And they also become upset if, if you don't agree with them. You know, of how you spend your money, who you spend your time with, who you're interested in, what you're interested in, how you view your job, how you view the people, your coworkers, how you interact with the children. They also uh, are not really good with boundaries. You know, we have the all have the right to have boundaries. Sometimes it can be tricky and distinguish between the rush and the thrill of any new relationship or connection and a violation of your space because you may feel that you want to spend all your time with this awesome, wonderful person. But you have to understand narcissists are first charming and then it is a slippery slope down into hell that they have created. You know, they want to they, they will usually want to move the relationship as fast as they can to a commitment that they're comfortable with, either emotionally or physically, you know, telling you immediately, I love you very quickly, pressuring you to do the same, uh, pushing you to engage in sexual activities, pushing you to move together, you know, move in to live together. You know, that's what they want. They want to get that strong commitment right away. And that is a sign of a narcissist. That's a sign of an emotional abuser because they know who they really are. You know, also they check your text messages, email or social media accounts without your permission. You know, another thing, they may try to restrict your behavior through unreasonable jealousy, like monitoring your actions, questioning everything you do, constantly calling or texting when you're not around, you know, getting upset when you want to spend time by yourself or friends or family, you know, alone isolating you from other people in your life and activities you enjoy, you know, demanding access to your phone, your email, your social media accounts all the time. These are signs of an emotional abuser. They're also manipulated. They'll, they'll do the stonewalling crap where they withdraw affection when you've done something wrong, 
passive aggressive. They ignore or exclude you, passive aggressive. Guilt trips, making you doubt yourself, denying something you know is true. You see, these are signs, very strong signs, and we have to be aware that they're out there. They also, the abuser might try to play down your emotions or feelings by saying you're too sensitive or calling you crazy or making fun of your achievements or hopes or dreams or refusing to talk about or take responsibility for their actions. That's a big one. They also love to blame you or someone else for what they've done wrong and also being indifferent to your feelings and your successes. These are signs. Now we're going to talk about types when we come back. So come back. Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. Dr. Gary Bell is available for speaking engagements as well as teaching at your seminar or workshop and life coaching via telephone Skype or in person in the Seattle area. Dr. Bell brings his no-nonsense, straight-from-the-hip discussions each week on the show, but it doesn't stop there. Learn about motivation and psychology, one-couple marriage repair, a two-day workshop in Seattle, and more. Visit drgbmft.com today or call Dr. Gary Bell at 951-818-7856. That's drgbmft.com or 951-818-7856. Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. You are tuned in to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. If you have a question for Dr. Gary or his guest, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. That's easy enough, but if you want to send an email, it will take some thinking. Got a pen? The email address is drgbmft at sbcglobal.net. Or you can just click on Email Host on the Voice America page. Now, back to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Welcome back, everybody. All right, we're talking about emotional abuse. Yes, and there's types of emotional abuse, like accusing and blaming and denial Jealousy, you know, they they accuse you of flirting or cheating, even though they're probably the cheater, and they'll they'll spend all of your time with them if you truly love them, and that's because they want you to be their prisoner. They also use guilt, a lot of guilt. They also use unrealistic expectations, which are the way we get to depression. I expect, I expect. Who are you, God, expecting all these things out of me? You know, come on. Expect, expect, expect. Also, they goad and they blame. They deny abuse. They trivialize everything that you do. Uh, oh, you didn't mean to do that. Oh, you just did that because I want you wanted to get my favor. You wanted to be, be nice to you tonight. Blame you for their problems. Destroy and deny you. You might be familiar with many of these signs of emotional abuse and manipulation. But when you're in an abusive situation, it's easy to miss the subtle early signs that build up into a persistent undercurrent of emotional abuse. It involves attempts to frighten, control, isolate you. And this type of abuse doesn't involve physical violence. You know, it's it's directed towards you or your loved ones. And, And it's also characterized by a person's words or actions, their consistency of behaviors. And it starts gradually sometimes. 
but it happens again and again and it builds on itself and it gets worse and worse and worse. And every time it gets worse, it'll build on that and get worse than that. You know, regardless, you do not deserve the abuse and it's definitely not your fault. And so what we have to do is we really have to come to grips with identifying what this thing is, emotional abuse. You know, someone abusing you may use different tactics to undermine your self-esteem. You know, some examples are name-calling and derogatory nicknames. They'll blatantly call you stupid or a loser or use other insults. They may use terms of endearment that actually highlight things that you're sensitive about. You know, my little nail-biter or my chubby pumpkin and ignore your request to stop. They also use character assassination. This usually involves the word always. You're always late. You're always wrong. You always screw up. You're always disagreeable and so on. You know, they might say things to you and use them to describe your behaviors to others. They also use yelling sometimes, screaming, yelling, swearing, that can intimidate you and make you feel small and inconsequential. And maybe they never hit you. But do they pound their fists or throw things or damage property? That's another form of mental abuse. You know, they're also patronizing. They, they love to belittle you by saying things like, I know you try, but this is just beyond the scope of your brain. You know, they love to publicly embarrass. You know, they, they uh, share your secrets or make fun of you or your shortcomings in public. They're also dismissive. Uh, you share something important. And they reply with, what? Who cares about that? You know, body language like eye rolling or smirking or head shaking or, or sighing help convey the same message. Also joking. When you express discomfort with something that, that they've said, they snap back and say, can't you take a joke? Grow up. You're too sensitive. You know, you, you, you're left feeling foolish and, and wondering whether you're in fact too sensitive. And you also, they will insult appearance. You know, as you head out, they stop at the door. You're wearing that ridiculous outfit. No wonder you can't get a date. Or they consistently say you're lucky they chose you since they couldn't find someone much better or more attractive than you are. You know, this is the kind of crap that they say. They also belittle your accomplishments. Many times they brush off your achievements saying they don't matter or claim responsibility for your successes that, as if it were their success. They also put down your interests and they suggest your hobby is a waste of time, like golf or spending time with friends. You know, uh, uh, you'll never be any good at the piano, so why do you keep trying? Really, they'd rather you not participate in activities without them because they want to control you. They also love to push your buttons. Once they find something that annoys you, makes you uncomfortable, they begin to mention it every chance they get, ignoring your request that they stop. Also, abusive behavior relates to the desire to maintain power and control. So someone abusing you might attempt to manipulate you into doing what they want you to do, often by making you feel ashamed of your inadequacies. So they might start making threats. They imply or say outright that they'll fire you or report you for being an unfit parent. They might say something like, there's no telling what I might do to keep things vague and leave you afraid. They also might monitor your whereabouts, GPS you. They want to know where you are always and insist you respond to their calls and texts immediately. And they might show up at your work or your school just to check, you know, that you were actually where you said you were going to go. They also spy on you digitally. They demand your passwords, insist you're password free, or regularly check your internet history, your emails, your texts, your call logs. 
And obviously, we've talked about gaslighting before, but someone abusing you may deny that specific events or arguments or agreements ever happened. And this tactic can leave you questioning your own memory, not to mention your mental health and your well-being. Also, making all the decisions is another form of emotional abuse. This might involve closing a joint bank account and canceling doctor's appointments. They may, may insist you withdraw from school, resign from work, or, 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 or do so on your own, on your behalf. And they tell you what to wear, what to eat. You know, what friends you can spend time with. They love to control your finances. They keep bank accounts in their name and make you ask for money. They also expect you to keep your receipts and account for every penny that you spend, but God forbid if they did the same. They also use emotional blackmailing. Someone using this tactic will attempt to get you to do things by manipulating your feelings. They might trick, use tricky questions to test you, take on the role of a victim, and then try to guilt trip you. They also lecture you. After you make a mistake, no matter how minor, they catalog all your errors with a long monologue. They describe all the ways you've fallen short and make it clear that they consider you beneath them. Another form of emotional abuse, and this just keeps going, guys, but I swear this is just what happens with these folks. They give you direct orders like, I don't care what happened. You stay here until you get you know, this done. Or I'm going to fire you or we're going to get a divorce, you know, or, or you know, let's not uh, let's you stop taking the pills so we can get pregnant, you know, th telling somebody what to do like that. And, and these are life decisions, you know, that, you know, they'll cancel something uh, like some outing with a friend or put put the car in the garage, uh, you know, or lock the garage door so you can't get the car out. You know, they may, uh, you know, qu quickly uh, decide to cancel an event and make you embarrassed by that, by them not agreeing with what the situation is because maybe they didn't have any input into it. You know, they also walk out. You know, they'll, they'll leave social events suddenly so you have no way home. Or a supervisor might, might exit during a discussion about your assignments so your questions remain unresolved. But stonewalling is another big one. So that during a disagreement or conflict, they'll just go silent and shut down and refuse to respond to your attempts to communicate. You know, people who abuse often, others often try to, to create a hierarchy that puts them on top and you on the bottom. So jealousy, they'll accuse you of flirting or cheating. They'll guilt trip you to do something by saying things like, you owe me this. Look at all I've done for you you know, in an attempt to get their way. Also, they use unrealistic expectations. They expect you to do what they want when they want you to do it. They think you should always prioritize their needs, do things according to their standards, and you absolutely shouldn't hang out with your friends or family if there's any chance they might need you. They also love to goad and blame. They manipulate and abuse typically, you know, just to upset you. But once you get upset, then they pin the blame on you. After all, it's your fault for being so sensitive and incompetent. You know, they love to deny abuse. When you express concerns about their behavior, they might deny it, seemingly bewildered at the very thought that they're an emotional abuser. They may even suggest that you're the one with the anger and control issues, you know, and so say and say that you're the difficult person. They trivialize when you explain how much everything something they said or did upset you and hurt your feelings. They accuse you of overreacting and misunderstanding them. 
You know, these are things that drive us all crazy. And if you're going to live and be married or have to have a parent that is a crazy maker like this, you're going to have to learn how to adapt to them. There's also the dehumanizing. They'll intentionally look away when you're talking or stare at something else when speaking to you in an effort to make you feel unimportant. You know, they'll, they'll keep you from socializing. So they'll come up with a distraction so that you can't go and actually do something separate from them. They'll also intimidate you. You know, they may straight out your, you know, talked about your needs or your boundaries or desires that don't matter to them. You know, they, they'll also love to come between you and your family. They'll tell family members you don't want to see them or make excuses why you can't attend family functions. They might tell you that your loved ones don't care about you or think there's something wrong with you. They also uh, withhold affection. They won't touch you. Even hold your hand or pat you on the shoulder. They may refuse to have any intimate contact if you've offended them, and they want you to do something that you don't want to do. And so they shutting down the communication, they'll wave you off, they'll change the subject, they'll simply ignore you when you want to talk about important things. And then when you need emotional support to help with something, they might call you needy or say the world can't stop and wait on your problems and tell you to toughen up and fix it. You know, it's just amazing. Also interrupting, this is a big one. They will not let you finish a sentence. They might get in your face when you're in the middle of an activity, take away your phone, anything else in your hands to let you know that attention has to be on them. They will walk on, talk on you, talk over you, uh, express what their ideas are, try to say what you're supposed to be saying to them rather than what you're actually saying to them. You know, the biggest part of it is there's no ability to take any responsibility there's they 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 will avoid self-blame at all costs and that is the biggest part of it and that is the biggest crazy maker you know leaving an abusive relationship means that you have to give yourself time to heal and here's some ways to do that don't try to fix this person you may want to help but it's often difficult for abusive people to change their behavior without professional support that they are seeking, not you are ordering them to go get. And you want to encourage them to work with somebody who's a professional, but they have to make the choice themselves. You can't do it for them. The only choice you can make is what you're going to do. You also have to avoid self-blame. You never deserve abuse no matter what you've said or done. The only person responsible is the one engaging in the emotionally abusive behavior. They're the person. You do not have to internalize what they're dishing out to you. You also want to avoid engaging them. Don't reply to their texts, their phone calls, their emails. If you can't avoid working or spending time with them, try to keep another person with you. Limit your conversation to essential topics. That's important. You also want to set personal boundaries. You need to decide how you avoid responding to the manipulation or getting pulled into arguments. Express those limits to the person using abuse tactics and stick to them. You might say, for example, if you call me names – I will not be talking to you. If you start teasing me in public, I'm going to leave. So give them a warning about how you're going to deal with their abuse. You Also, don't be afraid to exit the relationship or circumstances. State clearly that the relationship is over, cut all ties, and mean it. 
block their number, social media accounts, and ignore attempts to reach out. Give yourself the time to heal after that and take space to focus on your own needs and your own recovery. And that may re- be rediscovering who am I, my sense of self, you know, creating a self-care routine like actually working out and making friends. You know, people that are happiest in this life have relationships, healthy relationships. That is what makes us all the happiest. You know, domestic violence uh, it also has many helps like domestic shelters org. That's a website. You know, Love is Respect is a nonprofit organization for teens and young adults where they can chat online and actually uh, uh, meet up with other people that are going through the same thing. You know, there's also different types of abuse that perpetrators use against their victims. Most abuse will overlap. Types of abuse include physical, sexual, psychological, verbal, emotional, mental, financial, and spiritual. And so identifying these parts of abuse is also a very, very important thing for all of us to do. Now, let's just go to the one that's called physical abuse. That's like punching or hitting or spitting, kicking, strangling, restraining, pinching, burning, scalding, you know, headbutting. Biting, nipping, squeezing, shoving, suffocating, pushing, grabbing, choking, throwing, breaking bones, using weapons, you know, poisoning, throwing things, force feeding, attempts to kill, reckless driving, pulling hair, murder. These are physical abuse. And we need to identify those things if that is an overlap in your life with an emotional abuser. Very important for us to understand that there's also many overlaps of abuse that take place when we have a life with an emotional abuser in our life. All right, we're going to come back and we're going to identify a few more of those. And we're also going to have other tactics in to help you try to deal with preventing abuse in your life. So come back. Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Dr. Gary Bell is available for speaking engagements as well as teaching at your seminar or workshop and life coaching via telephone Skype or in person in the Seattle area. Dr. Bell brings his no-nonsense, straight-from-the-hip discussions each week on the show, but it doesn't stop there. Learn about motivation and psychology, one-couple marriage repair, a two-day workshop in Seattle, and more. Visit drgbmft.com today or call Dr. Gary Bell at 951-818-7856. That's drgbmft.com or 951-818-7856. Unravel the mysteries of metaphysics every week on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Join host Barb Crowley as she and her insightful guest share what's been learned behind the veil, going just beyond our five senses. Now you can see things with an entirely different point of view. Tune in for Metaphysics, A View Through the Veil, broadcasting live every Friday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Use it to explore your advantage and deeper understanding. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are tuned in to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. If you have a question for Dr. Gary or his guest, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. 
That's 1-888-346-9141. That's easy enough, but if you want to send an email, it will take some thinking. Got a pen? The email address is drgbmft at sbcglobal.net. Or you can just click on Email Host on the Voice America page. Now, back to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Welcome back, everybody. We're talking about emotional abuse. And emotional abuse also oftentimes overlaps with other forms of abuse where emotional abuse can be used to uh, create a means to an end. For an instance, there's things like sexual abuse, which is where a person is forced to participate in unwanted, unsafe, degrading sexual activity. You know, even with when it's with a marital partner or a committed relationship, and and they usually have consensual sex. Uh, however, the abuse can go too far. Once you know, one obvious form of sexual abuse is rape, and that's forced penetration where it's involuntary, or sexual assault like vaginal, anal, or oral. There's also sexual assault of objects like sex toys or broken glass or bottles, you know, forcing sex with others or forcing sex in front of others, making them watch or mimic pornography or unwanted fondling, you know, forcing sex in ways that hurt or following with maybe a physical beating and then having to have sexual intercourse. Then there's also the people that videotape and, and photograph their sexual acts. You know, or, or people that like to pinch or bite breasts or buttocks, you know, name calling like a frigid or whore or whatever type of words that they want to use. They might criticize your sexuality or force you to strip or forcefully strip you or use sadistic acts or force you into prostitution. You know, the, the psychological aspect of it also is withholding sex or affection, which may happen in a marriage, or making sex conditional based on the behavior that you want as the abuser, also minimizing or denying your feelings about sex or, or sexual preferences, also forcing or coercing a person to act out fantasies that they're not comfortable with. You know, it's amazing how sex, one of the greatest, most intimate things in our life, can actually involve abuse. And it's sad but true that that's what people will do. They push the boundaries of anything and everything in their life. And when you are committed to somebody and trying to make a relationship and you add responsibilities like children, like finances, like home, like cars, like stability, survival, food, all that stuff, you know, a lot of it comes down to the idea of one wanting power over the other. And our, 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 our desires as an animal have that. But our desires as people should more be about partnership, trust, love, and compassion. If we operated off compassion and trust and love with each other, always landing on that after any conflict, after any moment, and staying there and keeping our actions within those boundaries as much as we possibly can, we are going to have a much better life. Also, uh, psychological abuse in terms of verbal or emotional or mental abuse needs to also be identified. You know, And psychological abuse is often deeper and longer lasting than physical abuse, and it does encompass Emotional abuse, name calling is a huge one. You know, I often talk about people when they're doing name calling or they're saying strong statements to each other. Usually, 
in a relationship, if you think about it, that is a red flag that somebody is not listening. So instead of perpetuating the name calling by not listening to each other and trying to be right, it would be wise in a relationship if you would learn to understand that somebody's not listening and that's what's causing the name calling. They're throwing up a red flag to say somebody's not listening. And as the escalation continues, it gets worse and worse because nobody's listening. If you were listening and accepting how a person feels, it would likely de-escalate. However, people get stubborn, people get nasty, and people will hang on to the words that are stated to them rather than understand it's just the frustration of not being heard. If we became better listeners in our relationships, we would likely de-escalate a lot of things that take place as a form of abuse in our relationships. That doesn't mean if emotional abusers aren't gonna abuse, but what it does mean is if we become better listeners for each other, we're starting to learn what healthy looks like rather than unhealthy. And maybe that will be the model we fall back on rather than the model of abuse. Also, insults. Insults happen constantly. We don't improve our bodies over our life. Sometimes we improve our wisdom. Sometimes we improve our behaviors. Some parts of us get stuck in childhood, such as temper tantrums and when we're tired and when we're hungry. You know, some people revert to their childhood stuff. But if you're going to throw that in people's face all the time and constantly insult them, that is a form of psychological abuse and emotional abuse. Also, shaming and humiliation is another thing especially with public put-downs, that can make people extremely insecure in their life. That can destroy a person's self-esteem by shaming them in public around other people. You know, uh, uh, if, if you're also the only person that is uh, engaging in a conversation when your partner is there, that's a form of psychological abuse, meaning that they're not important that they're not a point of reference. They're not something you, someone you look up to. By ignoring them, you're putting them down. You know, also, sarcasm is so slippery. Sarcasm is a double-edged sword. It's got two meanings, the meaning of the words and then the inference. And the inference is usually what people hear, not the words. And yet the, the, the sarcastic person will fall back on the words and say, I was just joking. <clears throat> or you took that wrong, or that's not what I was saying. You know, uh, uh, when you decide to take to the criticism or constantly correcting everything that a person does, you are an emotional abuser. If you refuse to listen to anything a person has to say, you are an emotional abuser. If you're not allowing a person's voice or opinion or to have opinion of their own, you are an emotional abuser. If you refuse to listen to a person's feelings and always try to correct them or fix their problems, you're an emotional abuser. You know, denial and pretending that, uh, you know, that a person has said or done something, that is emotional abuse, as if that person doesn't exist, as if they're crazy. You know, sulking for days is an emotional abuser, blocking or diverting uh, 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 when somebody is trying to say something, deciding what subjects can and cannot be discussed is emotional abuse. Trivializing and minimizing anything that a person says or making it seem insufficient is emotional abuse. 
twisting and turning every situation around so it's always their fault, laughing or making fun of, of uh, a person inappropriately, leaving nasty messages like texts or voicemails or Facebook or Twitter, accusing a person of unfaithfulness, not trying hard enough, or purposely doing something to annoy you, or blaming for your own failures or their failures is a form of abuse. And you got to come to terms with that. You know, controlling finances is abuse, not allowing a person to see any bank statements or bills or financial transactions is abuse. You know, uh, uh, you know, if you don't pay them, if you don't pay the bills that belong to your partner and you're the one that's supposed to pay them, that's abuse. You know, if you're going to withhold money or credit cards or allow them to not allow them to have their own bank account or not paying bills and spending the money on on yourself like alcohol, gambling, trips out, treats for yourself, that's abuse. You know, you have got to give money as if it is to you. You need to treat your partner as if you would treat yourself. You need to treat your partner with respect and dignity and listening and most of all to give them cherish. Cherish means I can't be the person I am without them. I don't even know why they're with me. I am so lucky to have them. They're my best friend. It's that way with them with them. It's that way when I'm not with them. I'm always the same with this person because I cherish them. If you're going to marry somebody, send your vows. If you're going to marry somebody, for God's sake, learn what cherish means, and that will make your marriage a hundred times better. You know, when you try to make your partner account for every penny and you think that that's going to control their spending, that's abuse. You know, you're not like the financial monitor of your partner. You're not their parent. Anybody that tries to assume a parental role of their partner and then expect that partner to be attracted to them is pretty stupid. You know, the bottom line is that's not sexy. To be a person's parent is not sexy. And if that is what you're going to do as an emotional abuser, that's the kind of life where you have disconnected from your partner, from your children, from your family. You have disconnected from life because everybody is below you. That's not a way to live. If you want to have a life, you have to be humble enough to open yourself up, to have relationships, and listen and put people in front of you, before you. You know, it's amazing. Rick Warren wrote this book, A Purpose Driven Life. And in the first line of that book, it was a beautiful line, and it's very simple. It's not about you. And if you understand your life is not about you, you will stop being an emotional abuser. If you could just grab onto that statement and understand how important it's not about you is and compassion for others is the purpose of your life, you will understand how much emotional abuse is devaluing you. And if you're an emotional abuser and you actually think that people in this life don't see it, you're dead wrong. There's also spiritual abuse. And that's hard to detect, but if you're not knowledgeable in that particular religion or culture or belief, traditions, you got to understand it. Using your religious or spiritual beliefs to manipulate people is wrong. Preventing people from practicing their religion or spiritual beliefs, no way. That's abuse. Ridiculing other person's religious or spiritual beliefs, forcing children to be brought up in a faith that, 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 they, that maybe one or the other spouse hasn't agreed on or threats to harm or kill 
the name of honor in the name of honor. Okay, so you know, basically thinking that what you're doing is right, you know, and, and because of your faith. That can be abuse. Using religious teachings or cultural tradition as an excuse for violence or denying access to ceremonies or places of worship, land or family, that's emotional abuse. That's religious abuse. Forcing people to do things against their beliefs, forced marriage, um, genital manipulation, mutilation is, is abuse. And you've got to understand that if we're going to live in this life. You know, here's how we talk about emotional abuse from preventing it. It's a form of abuse that can cause significant harm to a person's mental health and well-being. First of all, you want to recognize the signs. And that's why I've gone so hard into that in this show. You want to educate yourself about the signs of emotional abuse so that you can identify it when it occurs. Common signs of emotional abuse include belittling, humiliation, control, isolation. Also, Another sign is setting boundaries. It's important to set clear boundaries with people in your life. You know, no. No is very simple. But if it's no or no or no, no, that means there's a yes underneath it. So when you say no, say it flat and straight. And they go, but, 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 no means no. So it's just the words that they hear. You know, when you set boundaries, you're understanding what behavior is acceptable and what is not. You know, you can also use the word preference. You know, I prefer you didn't talk to me like that. I prefer you didn't say that. I prefer you took more accountability. I would prefer that you would allow me to see my family. I prefer that you would agree that I should have my own checkbook. You know, these are things that we can do to help set boundaries in our life. Stick to them and don't allow anybody to cross them. Stay consistent. Also, you want to communicate. Communication is key to preventing emotional abuse. You want to express your feelings, your needs clearly, assertively, and listen to the other person's perspective as well. You also want to seek support. You know, if you're getting it, go to friends and family members or somebody, a therapist, whatever, to help process your emotions and get some perspective. And then you want to take care of yourself because it's crucial to preventing emotional abuse. Engage in activities that bring you joy and relaxation, exercise, meditation, spending time with loved ones, prioritizing your physical and emotional health. That's huge. And you have to remember that emotional abuse is never acceptable. And you deserve to be treated with respect and kindness. And if you're in a situation where emotional abuse is occurring, it's important to take action to protect yourself. That's our show. Thank you for listening. You know, I love hearing from you. And you can do that at voiceamerica.com, the Empowerment Channel, Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Now, remember, how would we respond if a person's current emotion was, I need money? <laughs> what, you know, in conflict, this too shall pass. It might pass like a kidney stone, but it will pass. Also, mixed drinks often create mixed emotions. And being in a relationship is like booking both ways at a crosswalk and getting hit by an airplane. Thanks for listening, everybody. That's our show for this week. Please join Dr. Gary Bell for another edition of Absurd Psychology next Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Now go impress your friends and family with what you've learned today and have them tune in next week so they can be almost as smart as you.